Good evening. I'm Dalina Scores for Salt and Light on Radio Tigerberg. And tonight we are speaking on how you can transform your community. We are going to talk about some practical ways on how to make a difference in your community and how you can start an action group in your area. Let's start with reading a scripture from the Word in Isaiah 58 verse 12. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairers of broken walls, restorers of streets with dwellings. Dr. Hammond, Africa Christian Action are in the process of releasing a starter pack that contains strategies and guidelines for any individual who wants to start an action group and make a difference in their communities. When was the birthing of this vision? 30 years ago, uh, February 1991, Africa Christian Action was born. Uh, in fact, it was born out of a great vision for the Lord's honor and uh, to stand up and be salt and light in society. Uh, we were inspired very much by the scripture, you are the salt of earth, you are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men that they may see these good deeds and praise your Father who is in heaven. And so from Matthew 5, 13 to 16, we saw the vision and what we were concerned about is the moral standards were sliding and our government at that time under President F.W. de Klerk, 1991, he was speaking about liberalizing the Publications Control Act, the censorship laws, and revising the uh, health care laws and reproductive rights and liberalizing the abortion uh, laws. And we could tell what he was talking about, legalizing abortion, legalizing pornography. I mean, that was it. And at that stage, we were also talking about opening up cinemas and shops on Sundays and pushing aside the Sabbath protection laws, the Lord's Day Protection Act. And uh, not only that, but they were starting to tolerate blasphemy, which had never been tolerated in any shape or form in this country. And uh, one of the first attacks was The Last Temptation of Christ, uh, a film which... Uh, they were trying to get in and we fought against and then Jesus Christ Superstar the play was shown at Nicomelan so that was actually our first demonstration so basically Africa Christian Action was born out of the mission of Frontline Fellowship which is concerned for helping persecute churches across the border and has been doing so since 1982 but when we saw the moral standards in our missionary sending base of South Africa threatened we knew we had to do something because the very youth groups and the schools from which future missionaries would come were being polluted at source. It's like polluting a well in the spring. And uh, obviously it's not going to bless the people with fresh water off this. So uh, as South Africa's the greatest missionary sending base of the continent, something had to be done. And so as a mission, we thought, let's get this started. We, we hoped that many other churches and groups would run with this vision and seek to rebuild the walls, as, as you read in, in the scripture from Isaiah 58. Yeah, wow, that has some great principles for this grassroots action. Um, and it's meant to equip people to take action. What qualities would you say do people need to possess in order to start an action group? Well, I'd say a vision. Without a vision, a people perish. And so we need to have a vision of the world's need. But more important than that, we need to have a vision of God, of the glory of God. We read in Isaiah 6 how Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. And as he saw the Lord, the first thing that he was struck by was not only the holiness of God, but the depravity of man, the sinfulness of himself. And woe is me, I'm undone, he said. 
I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the Lord. And at that point, an angel brought a coal, a hot coal from the altar uh, to touch his lips. And so he saw his need for redemption. But first of all, it's a vision. We've got to have a vision. Do we have a vision of God, a vision of the world's need, and a vision of what God can do even through um, helpless, inadequate people as ourselves? Because the point is, are we willing? It's not so much our ability as much as our availability. Are you available? And if you're not willing, are you at least willing to be made willing? And uh, you just think of these pastors. Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Who will make a stand for me against the workers of iniquity? And uh, then in Ezekiel, I sought for a man who would stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land and build up the wall uh, so that I would not have to destroy the land. So uh, plainly, God is calling for people to make a stand. and God is calling for people to be intercessors, to stand in the gap and build up the walls that have been broken down, which is why we saw the need to launch Operation Nehemiah, because Nehemiah saw the need. The city of Jerusalem's walls were in ruins. The gates had been burned with fire. The place was vulnerable. They didn't have their defenses up. And so the whole of the city of uh, Jerusalem, the city of God at that stage, was vulnerable and uh, in danger. And so the first thing you see that Nehemiah did was uh, he, he needed information. He gathered information. He did research. And then we see there's intercession. He prayed. He did research. And then involvement. He got people involved. And he developed a plan. And uh, so from this, we start to work out based on on the book of Nehemiah and Operation Nehemiah for principles for rebuilding the walls and working together with others and listening to trumpet, mobilizing that part of the area that's in, under attack. So that really is uh, the foundation for the whole idea of the starter pack and why we need to start Christian action groups in our different communities. Wow, yes. One definitely needs a vision and one needs to also be willing to be active and make yourself available to Christian action groups. How does one organize prayer change and prayer meetings? And what would you say would be a good structure to follow in such a meeting as outlined in the ACA starter pack? Right. So uh, that's that's a, a whole lot of things that one needs to do. So the, the first thing is to get in touch with uh, Africa Christian Action. We've been doing this for 30 years. We've got resources. We've got website, christianaction.org.za. So people can write to info at christianaction.org.za and ask for resources and guidelines. In fact, the starter pack is everything a person needs to get started because uh, what we've put in here is all the practical things that we know people need. They need to know the vision, Operation Nehemiah, need to know principles for grassroots action. A person can think, but you know, who am I? I'm insignificant. There's nothing I can do. But that's not true. Uh, no one is insignificant in God's kingdom. And there's always something we can do. And light is more powerful than darkness. Not all the darkness can put out one single little candle. And so the importance of seeing, we, we call to be salt and light. We preserve what's good. We, we uh, are shine the light. Jesus is the light of the world, but we call to be lights for the world. And so just as the moon has no light of its own, but reflects the light of the sun onto people in darkness in the world, so we need to be reflecting some of God's glory by doing some good deeds. And God is prepared some good deeds for us to do. So uh, in the starter pack, we've put together a practical strategy for rebuilding the walls and practical application. 
and how to get action groups started. So uh, these action groups, it doesn't have to be that big. It can be two or three people um, who meet in your home. It, it could be uh, two or three fellow students who meet during break at school. It could be a couple of people at a workplace. And I've actually done all of those things, whether I was studying at college, at a Bible study and prayer group, uh, in the army, had a Bible study and prayer group. In fact, our mission, Frontline Fellowship, grew out of that Bible study and prayer fellowship. And the Christian action group that I started uh, for this work <coughs> is called the Reformation Society. And we meet every Thursday night in, in Rondebosch and have been go doing so for 15 years, more than 15 years. And uh, our action groups are very involved in that people who tend to uh, be part of the Reformation Society have an almost 100% involvement rate in life chains, marches for life, stands for life, uh, different outreaches involved in uh, biblical worldview seminars and so on. So if you get an action group started, it's perfect start with two or three people. In fact, my first Bible study group I started was just two others of us, so there were three of us in total. But we grew, and within three months, we were up to eight, and within... Uh, the next six months, we were up to 12, and uh, uh, after nine months, we were up to 24. And uh, mind you, that was in the army, which you'd think is a very unfriendly environment. Uh, after two years, there were over 80 of us spread over four um, different companies. Wow. And uh, considering that the unit was about 650 men, and that we had 84 in Bible study and prayer fellowships scattered throughout the unit, um, that represent a very high um, level of commitment. And of our people, many ended up in Youth with a Mission, Operation Mobilization, Wycliffe Bible Translators, all over the world. So uh, just, you don't know where it's going to go, but when you gather around the Bible, you listen to God, and then you pray to God, so there's Bible study and prayer, inevitably action flows out of it. And you don't know where that's going to go. I think there's nothing more strategic that we can do then together, together, a few other people who have the same concerns, let's get into the Word of God, let's seek to apply the Word of God in our lives, let's look around and see what can we do in our local communities. It's an adventure, and some amazing things can grow out of it, and uh, we've seen multiple ministries grow out of our Bible and Prayer Fellowship we started 41 years ago. In fact, this year, July, it'll be... 42 years ago that I started my Bible study and prayer fellowship in the 6th South African Infantry in Grahamstown Military Base, out of which has grown these different ministries. Wow. So, yeah, it sounds like in order to start an action group, one needs a vision, and it can look like either a prayer meeting or um, organizing a demonstration and in any of those things, one can make a difference. Um, what other projects can people or ideas can people be inspired to in starting, starting action groups? Does it have to be specific in some things that you've mentioned? or? Well, not necessarily, because obviously as time goes on, uh, there's different challenges. So when we started, our first concern, everyone's first concern should be, Am I right with God? What does God teach in his word? 
and to see that we're right with God, to get our foundation right, to get our hearts clean, to get our hands clean, to get our minds clean, having our minds renewed, uh, that we're not trans, we're not conformed to the world, but transformed by the word of God. So the first thing is to let God change me. If God can change me, then he can use me to change some part of my world. And if God can bless me, then he can use me to be a blessing to others. If God can bring me to conviction of sin, then maybe he can use me to help bring others to conviction of sin and lead people to the throne of grace where they can find freedom and release and deliverance. So the Bible study and prayer fellowship must first and foremost be to listen to God and to hear from God and then to take our concerns to God. Now, the Bible study, prayer and action, the action is the third part. When we have read God's word, when we have listened to God, when we've waited on him and we've interceded to him and wrestled with God in prayer and prayed the Psalms, now we look around and we can see something like, the first thing we notice in Cape Town is, how on earth can they have something as blasphemous as Jesus Christ superstar to Nico Milan, what today's artscape? And we had a demonstration there. Then we noticed our local uh, shop, our little uh, Crick's bar was stocking pornography magazines on the shelves at the tills, and we thought this is unacceptable. We demonstrated. In fact, in the last um, 30 years, that shop has never uh, stocked any pornography again. In fact, what it, it was quite interesting because this is just our local shop, the shop I still would go to most often, and uh, we started our own community. We went outside the store with placards and posters and to protest, and out came the manager, and the manager was actually quite abusive, rude, and um, uh, nasty, and no intention of changing this. With, we prayed outside the, the shop. We prayed the Psalms. That week, just a few days later, the man had a, a traumatic experience of being held up. Now, there'd never been an armed robbery there before. Uh, some horrible characters came in, stuck a gun to his head, forced him to safety, opened it up. He really thought he was going to die. And uh, we spoke to him just a few days later when we heard about this. And one of our people said, don't you think God's speaking to you? <laughs> and, and this man actually, he, he crumbled and he, he ordered all of the porn pulled and then never took it back again in the last 30 years. So that was just one example of how, again, prayer and action work together. Because what we must never do is be like the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is the lowest place on earth. Water, all kinds of water from all kinds of great rivers like the Jordan flow into the Dead Sea, but nothing flows out of the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea just receives. It doesn't, it doesn't actually pass on anything to others. And so there's a lot of Christians like that. They think they're buckets for God's blessings instead of being channels and host pipes. We, we're not called to be a receptacle to receive God's blessings and keep it for ourselves. We're called to be blessed in order to be a blessing. We're saved to serve. And so to whom much is given, much is required. To whom much more is given, much more is required. And when you think how much God has blessed South Africa, in so many ways, we should be a blessing to others. And so many have recognized from the day that Jan van Riebeck in 1652 knelt in Table Bay, what did he pray? That this outpost here, Cape Town, would be for the spreading of the light of the gospel throughout the dark continent of Africa. And that uh, people would be one to Christ, that the indigenous people would learn the gospel and would be redeemed. And, and this was the prayer of his heart. And for 370-odd years, people have been following on this and saying, we in Cape Town are called to be a light to the nations. Here we are, astride two oceans. There's no other city astride two oceans, the warm Indian Ocean, the cold Atlantic Ocean, in front of this magnificent table mountain at the foot of Africa. 
And here we are at the gateway to the east, the, the, the junction between east and west. Uh, William Carey, the first missionary uh, to India, the father of modern missions, said, we need a world missions conference, and the best place to have it would be Cape Town. He, he suggested this back in 1810. We should have a world missions conference at Cape Town, at the Tavern of the Seas, at the gateway between east and west, at the foot of Africa. Well, in fact, he was so ahead of his time, it took 100 years later before there was a World Missions Conference in Edinburgh, 1910. And it was 200 years later before there was a World Missions Conference in Cape Town, 2010, which I was part of. And what, what an uh, interesting vision. But many people have had this vision. Cape Town is called to be a place of blessing for the rest of the continent. So I think in your action group, your prayer, Bible study and action group, as we look around, maybe read the newspapers, see the headlines, just driving around a neighborhood, walking around, speaking to neighbors, it'll become obvious what the issues are. They're trying to bring in pornography in this store. We must clean up communities, not in our community. Trying to sell drugs on the streets and no, a local school. Getting into school, giving them a traffic-proof presentation to warn them about the dangers of human trafficking and these too-good-to-be-true job offers overseas, which are nothing but uh, cover for kidnapping and, and uh, trafficking people to modern-day slavery, or uh, uh, rewiring your brain, uh, the problem of digital cocaine, the internet pornography, the all kinds of evils that are coming in. And there's these rewiring your brain, um, excellent uh, fight-the-new-drug type presentations that we've taken to schools, been well-received everywhere, getting into schools and helping with uh, these presentations. And so... Some people may say, well, gee, I don't feel ready to give a presentation. No, but you could maybe organize for guest speakers from Africa Christian Action to come and give the presentation. And then we can equip them in their Bible study group with, here's the PowerPoints, here's the notes, here's the literature, here's some videos, that they can then, after they've seen how we do it, they can replicate and they can go to others. And so when it's organizing guest speakers from Doctors for Life or True Love Waits or Africa Christian Action, whichever groups to speak at your local church, youth group, school, or workplace. Uh, one of the first places I ever worked was Old Mutual. And uh, Old Mutual's a massive place, thousands of people at, at this headquarters. And we had a Bible study and prayer fellowship. I still get invited back. And now it's a big one. I've got a whole hall. And we go in there and, and we can give presentations and they meet each week. And what a wonderful way that to start a Bible study prayer fellowship in your workplace uh, or your school or your college. And uh, hopefully others will take it up that when you move on, uh, this ministry continues. So I think there's so many things you can do. But for example, some of the ideas for projects include letter writing campaigns, social media campaigns, letters to editor. And it doesn't have to be just the daily newspapers. There's the weekly community newspapers that get delivered for each people's Lights uh, comes in uh, at uh, the different um, post boxes and so on. So we can organize literature distribution, getting to traffic lights like we did for the Stand for Life, just distributing thousands of leaflets, passing motorists and pedestrians at busy intersection, holding up panners and posters. Um, there's a range of things we could do in terms of organizing maybe conferences, putting up a notice board, prayer board in our local church if we have such. And I've been to churches and colleges where they had none. Get a big board up there and then we start with a map and we start some prayer letters and things pinned on. So there's various options. And of course, there's lots we can do now on media, on social media, whether people are using 
WhatsApp, Pinterest, uh, Facebook, or any of the others. So we can put people in touch. And of course, African Action has got its own website, Facebook page, Twitter, and I'm sure a whole lot of other mm. things that I don't know about, which people can then be able to share the videos, the PowerPoints, the articles, the memes, the pictures, the stats, the uh, upcoming events. So once we get started, it'll become quite clear what to do because once you've read the Bible on the main list of Christian action, getting regular e-updates, seeing what's going on around you, uh, after a while you'll find you've got more projects and you have time and people and you'll have to recruit more people and multiply groups in order to be able to respond to the needs all around us. Wow. In response to the letter writing campaigns that you've had in the past to other members of parliament and cabinet ministers, where the community gets involved in writing letters about some issues we are facing, what outcomes and responses have you had to these letter writing campaigns? And how much should we as a community be taking action in this area? Actually, we've had some very, very positive reactions. Uh, one of our letter writing campaigns was uh, to protest against plans to legalise the last temptation of Christ, which had initially been banned here. And then there was this whole new dawn, as we call it, the Red Friday of 2nd of February 1990, when F.W. de Klerk seemed to want to throw out all of our Christian heritage of the past and paganise the country. And uh, we organised massive letter writing campaigns from around the country. Mind you, that's back when postage was very cheap and uh, we managed to get a thousand in fact, they, in fact they said mail sacks of letters came into the publications control board forced them to ban all idea to legalize the last temptation of christ we did similar campaigns uh, to be able to bankrupt uh, the worst pornographic magazine in the country scope which was published by republican press in this country and it was so successful they were selling something like 300,000 copies every two weeks. And uh, this is the biggest magazine uh, circulation-wise at that time. So one of our ladies went through the magazine, saw who the advertisers were, and we started a campaign to, for example, the Toyota uh, vehicle manufacturers who were advertising and so on, writing to their marketing managers, pointing out, well, we're a mission, we use Toyota vehicles, and we we're very disappointed to see that they're supporting an anti-family publication like this. And maybe they're not aware of all the negative consequences. And so we, we gave that and they wrote back, very grateful that they reviewed the policy and they're going to pull the adverts. And, and so many advertisers pulled out of this magazine that went bankrupt, but not before it totally bankrupted Republican Press. It was the biggest money spinner for a while. And after a while, they kept throwing more and more money. And this is now we're talking about the 1990s. Uh, it was it was now three million in the red. Bankrupted them before they ran off the white flag and just closed the whole thing down. Because uh, so all the money that they'd gained from this wicked publication, they lost uh, by losing the advertisers. I don't know how many people know that no magazine can survive on sales. It survives on advertisers. Advertisers pay vastly more. In fact, you look at the cost of full color printing and the glossy paper and all this whatever subscription people are paying never pays for the magazine it's the advertisers and so uh, we crippled scope and scope in its final editorial actually blamed credits that i would say africa christian action as being responsible for bankrupting them and the reason why they were closing the doors forever so we were given editorial 
appreciation that we had done it. And of course, they didn't put it in a nice way. Uh, but uh, uh, we were grateful that mm. we were able to bankrupt them and also put enough pressure that many of these uh, places that used to stock pornography on their shelves, such as Pick and Pay, uh, Checkers, uh, all the way through CNA, they all did. And 9,000 stores were persuaded to stop stocking the pornography. So we just praise God that it does make a difference if we speak up. So I uh, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Yes, no one can justify pumping raw sewage into a public street or swimming area. Neither is the moral sewage being pumped into our minds through DVDs and magazines justifiable. Dr. Hammond, you have done many radio phone-in programs, debates, and TV shows. One thing I've noticed about you is how confident and unashamed you are of the message you bring across your passion for God's word. Now, sadly, that is not everybody's cup of tea, but how can we as Christians develop the confidence to speak out against these hard issues facing us these days, and specifically also in the area of the effects of pornography, rape, prostitution, and mm. abortion. Being informed is key. Of course, information is knowledge, and forewarned is forearmed. And it's, it's the vision that helps us. So you have to be convinced. But, of course, I didn't have the courage to stand up and speak about these things at first. You first start by studying the issue and, and gaining confidence in the facts and what the Bible says. And God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Now, greater is he who is in us than him who is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Submit to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from us. So obviously the scriptures gives us the backbone. But at a certain point, we need to start to speak out. Now at first, it may only be amongst friends and like-minded people in the Bible study and prayer fellowship. And then maybe writing a letter to the editor or writing to a member of parliament. And it might be that you are posting a meme or something on social media. And you, you, you need to take one step at a time. You don't get to the top of Tabor Mountain by one jump. It takes thousands of steps. In fact, my son has got one of these wristwatches that counts. I said that it took 29,000 steps to get up Tabor Mountain, the route we were taking on one particular occasion. So I think Christian discipleship's like that. There's thousands of steps. But what we do is we started, we took um, one step at a time, and after a while I found myself standing in front of Parliament and challenging them and being able to stand in front of large crowds of even 10, 20, 30,000 and make the stand and in hostile audiences with them shouting and screaming. But it, I couldn't have done it to start with. I mean, you need to, like your muscles, you need to build them up. The first time you try and run around the block, uh, you can't do it, but you just persist. So uh, same thing in Christian Acts. Now, we've been doing this 30 years, so for us now it's a marathon. And some other people might be looking at a short-distance sprint, but think more in terms of a long-distance marathon because uh, the adventure of discipleship, uh, it's, it requires perseverance and persistence. So what everyone should be doing who's interested is contact Christian Action, info at christianaction.org.za and check on our website, www.christianaction.org.za. We're also on social media, Africa Christian Action, a Facebook page. You'll find videos, audios, links, and you can get the Christian Action Starter Pack online, free download. You can go onto the Christian Action website, and you'll see action items, projects, resources, links to our regular Salt and Light radio program archives. You'll find videos, uh, different Bible studies, issues, articles that you can share with others. 
So if you want to get involved, first thing is write to christianaction.org.za, info at christianaction.org.za, ask people on the main list. Uh, get on the website, uh, make it one of your favorites, and then also find and like Africa Christian Action on Facebook. Thank you for your time and insight, Dr. Hammond. I'm sure people have a greater understanding of ACA and how they can transform their communities. Mm -hmm. um, I will close for us in scripture um, from Ezekiel 22, verse 30. I looked for a man amongst them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. Thank you. God bless and good night. <laughs>